On today's episode of the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, we discuss what to do with a third of NFL teams dealing with coronavirus because even your fantasy escapism hobby just leads you back to reality. We also talk about Jerry Judy's impending blow-up game. We try to kick our Marquise Brown habit, and we give a ruling on proper beer pong etiquette. Stick around. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like Available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. I am Danny Heifetz here with Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. What a week. All right. (laughs) There's a lot going on, but we actually have to jump right into the NFL because there's actually a lot going on in the NFL too because while you've been paying attention to other things, a third of the NFL is dealing with coronavirus or coronavirus-related issues. Unbelievable. Maybe more than that. Isn't it like nine of 14 games could be potentially altered? Yeah, whether it's a team has a staff member or half of a starting team in either with positive tests or in quarantine, this is easily like the biggest week for positive tests that the NFL's had going into a weekend. And I mean, that's, look, that's part of the country. That's part of the reality right now. Like on Wednesday, the country hit 100,000 new cases. That was the, that's the highest total so far. So, I mean, daily cases are peaking and the NFL is part of America. So it's not necessarily... An anomaly, and it's also might. I mean, the first half of the season went kind of smooth, and this might just be reality going forward. We have no idea, but this weekend is absolutely nuts, and we'll go through all the games that are being affected and stuff. But uh, yeah. you guys want me to like summarize it because it's actually nuts how much is actually going on right now. Yeah, I, I kind of think you should just blow through like basically the information, and then we can kind of talk about what that means for people's fantasy teams and what you can try to do to like salvage your weekend. Yeah. All right, let's 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 run through this. So we're recording this on Thursday afternoon. That is before the. I mean, what, who knows what else will happen by you know Thursday <laughs> night? But <laughs> but the uh, Niners Packers game is scheduled for tonight, which is nuts because in addition to all the other Niners injuries, they had a positive test for receiver Kendrick Bourne. False positive, positive. We don't know. It seems like a false, false positive. We don't know. But they're in. They had to quarantine three other players in addition to him. They're not playing. The Packers had obviously Jamal Williams is quarantined and A.G. Dillon tested positive. So that's basically a half dozen players in that game are on the COVID-19 list. Lions quarterback Matt Stafford is in quarantine and has to fly a private plane to Minnesota just to start because he can't fly with the team. And that's assuming he continues to test negative. Andy Dalton cleared concussion protocol, but landed on the COVID-19 list. So he's not playing for Dallas. The Ravens, Marlon Humphrey cornerback, He's their best cornerback, tested positive, and half the Baltimore starting defense Jeez. is in quarantine. 
If they all test negative, they will be able to play, but still they're not practicing. The Baltimore's opponent this week, the Colts, who also they used to be the Baltimore Colts. That's the whole thing. But the Colts had a staff member test positive. So they're doing remotely, haven't had a player test positive yet. The Texans have had a player test positive, uh, and now they have two other linebackers in quarantine. The Bears had two offensive linemen test positive. The Denver Broncos don't have a player test positive, but John Elway... The team's GM is tested positive and the CEO of the Broncos, the team president, Joe Ellis, is tested positive. So they're doing remote. The Chiefs have shut down their facilities because a staff member tested positive. No <laughs> players yet. But that happened today. Today's Thursday. So they're they're shut down. The Eagles, who are on by this week, also had a player test positive. <sighs> I feel like I should have played yakety sacks under that. So to summarize. It started out with the day we had a quarter of teams. We're up to now a third of teams have either something between a staff member testing positive to players quarantine somewhere between a minimum of players like not being able to practice to some players missing the game. Either way, a lot of chaos. And then nine of the 14 games, which could go up between now and I mean, the time we finish this podcast, never mind by the time you're listening to it. So with all that said, we are going to do our very best, which... Honestly, may not be good enough, but we're going to do our best to explain what you can do to mitigate this. We're also going to try to like bitch a little because hopefully that's cathartic for you. Uh, but we're going to try to help you get through this week because this is nuts. Because yeah, normally, in a, in as it's as we've seen throughout the rest of the season, you have like one or two games that potentially could get moved. So you tell your fantasy league if you're the commissioner, you tell your fantasy league, okay, guys, you know, have a backup option or two. Um, based on if this game gets moved, but now honestly, I don't even know what I don't even know what commissioners can do at this point because there are literally like almost <laughs> every one of these games has some like at least you know one guy removed potential to get canceled because like the Seahawks played the 49ers last week and the 49ers had positive tests like a few days after that. Right, so, like, it's like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Like no matter how right. which way you swing it, the reality of how they made the NFL schedule is that they they made the schedule. So that if the season had to start late, they could lop off the first two weeks of the year and put them at the end of the season. And they did that kind of on purpose. And if you look at how they made the schedule, they, they was able to do that. But in reality, the first half of the season went fine, or I mean, not fine, relatively, considering what could have gone wrong. And the second half of the season is going to be complicated because now it's, you know, teams going th- already played their buys. It's rescheduling these games is going to be a nightmare because teams have gone through buys and stuff. And also just... The league is probably is probably going to experience like the rest of the country more cases if the winners yeah. ex- expected to surge. So I think you're right, DK. I mean, the, the league is discussing a 16 team playoff field, which if any games are cut or canceled. But the point is, the league doesn't know. Like they're kind of playing this by the seat of their pants. They don't know, and they're kind of just dealing with it so far. But I think that we don't know if any of these games are going to get postponed. But preparing for it is kind of impossible. My my gut on this is that all the games are going to get played. I mean, I agree. If, if any of these games should get canceled, it's the 49ers Packers, which is tonight, obviously yes. tomorrow. If, if the game did get canceled, I rescind everything I'm about to say. But basically, Why the can't NFL they just push that to Sunday. Who yeah, does that the hurt? The NFL absolutely should know. be pushing this game or canceling it, rescheduling it, or whatever, because it's ridiculous. Like, so many, the 49ers are down with an incredible amount of injuries already. They are, and now they're losing 
their left tackle and their best receiver in Brandon Ayuk, um, who, by the way, we talked about on the last episode. Now that you know, my bold prediction of him leading all rookie receivers is in, in doubt because he might be on the COVID list this week and, and potentially beyond. So. Bottom line is, I think what we're going to do is just approach this as if these games are going to get played and try and talk to you guys a little bit about what you should do, um, assuming these games do end up getting played. So let's look at Dallas-Pittsburgh first, because Andy Dalton's <laughs> not going to play. It's sounding like Garrett Gilbert is going to be the starter. Who or Cooper Rush. I, so, so Cooper, or Cooper Rush. It's not going to be Danucci. Who the hell is Gilbert? So let's be clear. So obviously Dak <laughs> broke his ankle. Thanks. And Dalton's now went from concussion pro. I'm just summarizing here. Just so <laughs> Dalton went from concussion protocol. Jeez. Uh, Dalton's in COVID protocol now. Concussion to COVID protocol. So they're, they're like, we're skipping right over Danucci. Like, you know what? Screw that eighth grade basketball performance from my brother. McCarthy's done with him. So they've got Cooper Rush, who's been on the team for one week. And they've got Garrett Gilbert, who's been on the team for three weeks. I think it'll be Cooper Rush <laughs> because he was the backup quarterback for Dak like the last few years and they cut him. But Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator and he actually stayed from Jason Garrett's staff to Mike McCarthy's staff. So even though Cooper Rush is just joining the Cowboys, he knows the system, which is weird, but it doesn't matter because they're playing the Steelers. I mean, this is nuts. I, I mean, we I don't know. We can go into this, but I, this is absolutely <laughs> a crazy game. It's nuts. What's going to happen here? Okay. Is what if they just like cut Gilbert, sign Kellen Moore as a player, and he just suits up? <laughs> they should sign Tony Romo. <laughs> Kellen Moore's thirty-two. The problem is Romo makes eight hundred thousand a game or whatever from CBS, and Cowboys probably literally couldn't match that if they wanted to. I'm just saying, if you want somebody who knows the offense, just throw Kellen Moore in there. I have to. I, you know what? You're probably not wrong. Like if Cooper Rush got hurt, I wonder. Like Kellen Moore probably could do better than whoever's after. I bet you he could. I bet you he's still in shape. What's the rule on that? Can you activate? He's a lefty too. He's a lefty too. Him and Tua. The point is that the fact that the Cowboys now have to once again the the Cowboys played their seventh round rookie quarterback and are now turning to a guy who wasn't on the team (laughs) weeks ago, and the fact that they're going against the Steelers, I can't stress this enough. The Steelers have thirty sacks this season. They lead the league. They've already had their bye week. Like they lead the league in sacks with having had their bye. They are at 30 sacks in seven games. That's a 68 sack pace. That would be the most in the NFL in 30 years. They're going Jeez. against Dallas, who is have both their starting tackles are out, and they're going to have a right tackle who Terrence Steele, who's an undrafted free agent, rookie, who will be going primarily against TJ Watt, who is a defensive player of the year candidate. Like so, our so bottom line, <laughs> our recommendation is don't start Cowboys players not named Ezekiel Elliott, and or feel comfortable just not starting Zeke. Also, like no one's gonna actually, no one's gonna yell at you if you if you end up sitting Zeke. At this point, it's just you can't trust this offense to do anything against a very good defense. Even in garbage time, I don't trust them to do anything. It's the best run defense in football. I know the Ravens ran on them last week, but that's different because Lamar Jackson changes the dynamic of the Ravens changes rushing attack. The, math. the Steelers yeah. are the best run defense in football. So if running back were not a wasteland, I'd say bench Zeke, but it is. So, but anyway, so this can't, is a disaster. You can't trust Amari Cooper. You can't trust CD Lamb. You can't trust Gallup, even though Gallup was Danucci's favorite target last week. Now Danucci's out of the picture. You can't trust anybody in this offense, really. So yeah, that that is our professional opinion is that uh, maybe just sit Cowboys, just sit all Cowboys players this week until we figure out what the hell's going on. Um, all right, so let's talk about this next game: the Lions Vikings. Stafford is the big wild card here. Uh, if he plays, I think Marvin Jones remains a good play um, with Galladay out. I think if Stafford does not play, I'm probably sitting all Lions 
receivers at this point. But I do feel probably still pretty confident starting Dondre Swift, whether Stafford plays or not. How do you guys feel about Swift? I would play him no matter what. Running back is awful right now. I'd be shocked if you had like three better running backs than DeAndre Swift. (laughs) Right, right. So with that said, Bears-Titans. So this game is bizarre. The Bears already had a bad offensive line. Now they have two of their offensive linemen. Cody Whitehair is positive for Corona. And then they also have Spriggs, who who played the large majority of last week, is also positive. They won't play. Now you have the potential for a person I've never heard of, Arlington Hambright. Great name. At, <laughs> Arlington Hambright, who was a seventh-rounder rookie. At, All British name right there. Yeah, uh, he might be at left guard this week. And then Alex Bars will probably either be playing right guard or right tackle. The specifics we don't know. But the one thing we do know is neither of those people have started an NFL game before. They would both be in the interest. So obviously that's awful for David Montgomery, the Bears running back. That's bad for Nick Foles. That's bad for everyone who catches passes from Nick Foles, like Allen Robinson and Jimmy Graham. The only bright side here is that the Titans have an awful pass rush and generally a really bad defense and historically bad defense on third down. So DK, what would you do about like David Montgomery and Allen Robinson here? I think you can still start them. I think, I think Allen Robinson's startable no matter what David Montgomery becomes a little bit less attractive as a, a startable guy this week, but I think he's still going to get the volume that he needs to be f- effective. I'll give him that floor, even if he's not, I mean, he's never, he hasn't been efficient all year. Even if he's a little bit less efficient, I still think he's going to get, you know, five targets plus like 15 carries or whatever and just be, I think you have to, if you have him, like like we said with Swift, you probably don't have a ton of better options at this point, so you got to start Montgomery too. The grit your teeth. It's a grit your teeth kind of week. It, th- this yeah. whole week is like <laughs> The this, whole yeah. week. <laughs> uh, what do you do with people on the Ravens? Ravens, Colts this week is is kind of up in the air with both teams having a few, but I think... I don't think it really changes much for the offenses on this no. on, on either team, though, right? Like you're still going to start Marquise Brown. You're still going to start, and I think J.K. Dobbins with Mark Ingram potentially out again is still a startable on the on the Colts side. Things are more complicated, but it's not because of the COVID like stuff that's going on. It's yeah, the just, defense, <laughs> the defenders are probably going to play except for Marlon Humphrey. But it's not like the Colts right. receivers are so good that you're like, oh well, Marlon Humphrey's out. Like I'll play the receivers. Like if you really need desperately, but T.Y. Hilton is out, so maybe. Zach Pascal. Yeah. The so guy if you need a with. if you need to stream someone, is, is, is do you think Zach Pascal's like, you know, if, uh, among the many reasons you might need to stream someone, is Pascal up there for you? It, with this week specifically, Zach Pascal, if he's a guy who's on free agency, you should at least stash him on your bench and like can be a potential plug and play if you have somebody who might be a game time decision or whatever. Because yeah, I mean, Marlon Humphrey doesn't he primarily play in the slot? He, this season he's kind of done everything for them. He does slot stuff. Primarily. But without Ty, but he's I mean, doing everything. Who, who we got? We got Marcus Johnson. We got we got Pittman, and we have Pascal. I, I mean, and they're not going to be able to run the ball. So I think Pascal might be the guy who kind of by default has the best day. Yeah, and the annoying yeah. thing is Jonathan Taylor again has that that ankle injury and also just you know being benched because he can't see holes. So I, I, I don't know if you want to play him against one of these great run defenses. This is just an awful week, and then <laughs> it's unbelievable. The other one, Texans Jaguars. So the Texans have. This a couple Corona stuff on linebackers. It's not like you're making any decisions based off a couple Texans linebackers. But the Jaguars are is it Jaguar? What did we decide here? Jaguar, Jaguar. I say Jaguars, but you guys say Jaguars. Did we decide if their quarterback is Jake Luton or Jake Luton or what? Louis Vuitton. I don't know. But if you would you play DJ Chark this week if if Louis Vuitton is is going? Because I'm probably not playing DJ Chark. 
Are you gonna start either Lavisca Chanel, DJ Chark? No, no, I mean, I'm not even doing Keelan no. Cole. Like with Luton going, I don't know. This is un- this is unrelated to COVID. I just think it's 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 nerve wracking for me to start yeah. any of those guys with this new quarterback coming out. Yeah, Jake Louis Vuitton is not like some secret gunslinger. He's like ball like game manager. So not ex- I wouldn't play any Jaguars unless, except for James Robinson. Uh, so. All right, so that's like the COVID games that are affected the most. But obviously, you're just going to have to monitor everything this weekend. It sucks. You have to monitor literally almost every game. Literally every facet <laughs> of society is, requires your attention this week, in addition to your fantasy football team. Craig, give me a couple other guys this week that are potential. Like, pick up, put them on the back of your bench in case a game gets canceled type players. Right, so I wanted to give some guys playing in non-COVID-affected games, we think. And I'm including Miami-Arizona because the Arizona thing was last week during the bye. That seems to be okay. So these are guys not playing in any COVID-related games, we think, that you could just grab on your bench and could plug and play just in case a game gets postponed or canceled or whatever. LaVisca Chenault on Jacksonville. The Houston-Jacksonville game, I think, is COVID-free right now. Chenault has been a decent option all year, even with this. I mean, it's slim pickets, guys. Then we got Larry Fitzgerald. (laughs) You know, kind of tried and true, can maybe get you seven, eight points. He's on a lot of free agency uh, lists right now. Mike Gasicki, who I'll talk about later for Miami with Tua, another tight end in the tight end wasteland world. He is only about half rostered in leagues. You could find him. David Moore on Seattle. The Seattle Bills game seems to be safe right now. And David Moore, you know, every two or three games is a 40 yard touchdown. Emmanuel Sanders is off the COVID list and practicing the New Orleans game. That's a big one. Seems yeah. to be COVID-free. He could be a sneaky ad even if Michael Thomas plays or doesn't play. And the last one is Golden Tate, who's had two straight good weeks. Giants game seems to be doing all right right now, and he is very uh, low-owned. So those are those are some guys you could go after just to put at the bottom of your roster. Honestly, this whole conversation we're having is just nuts. We're just trying to help people. Like, instead of helping people make optimal lineup decisions, we're trying to help people like, all right, if like half the games this week get canceled, <laughs> here's what you should do. And it's it just is a reminder of like how weird this season's been because it's the whole thing. It's not fantasy. Of, this is reality football. No, yeah, now. fantasy. Exactly. You're supposed to escape Seriously. reality. Now, reality is just bleeding into the season. <laughs> and it's not like this week's a one-off. It's, it's not like the this. train it's like, from inception. It's mall. Like at any time, <laughs> exactly. that's just coming into us. <laughs> Uh, so, Deacon, do you want to? You want to? All right, we're gonna get into our gut gut bowl. But Deacon, do you want to leave people on a, like a note of hope here and optimism, or do you want to just give like <laughs> no? Your DK, read what nihilism? you wrote here in the doc. Uh, well, I was gonna. This is tongue in cheek nihilism. You had one other option. Yeah, yeah, one other option you have for this week if you're having some tough de- decisions in fantasy football is just to recognize that everything in life is futile. We're all gonna die alone, turn to dust, and no one's gonna remember us. So, um, really, if you just keep that in mind, it puts things in perspective with your shitty fantasy football lineup this week. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna die alone. I'm probably gonna die. I'm gonna probably die listening to you guys in some Zoom <laughs> thing we're having, just like planning meeting. What will not disintegrate into dust is your fantasy football trophy that you engrave and put on this earth, and it will live many years past yourself. So it is important that you win. I don't think a trophy for first place is important. Do you guys have trophies? We just have last place things. I had a toilet. We had a we toilet seat heads. put around like the. Like I think the like last a T-shirt is fun, but we usually just do money. No one wants to pay for the trophies. Do <laughs> you think like future <laughs> civilizations will find the wreckage of ours and just like rummage through all our like fantasy football, like last place trophies and try to like gauge what the culture was? Yeah, we should have a fantasy capsule that we put. <laughs> That's time. a good idea. Like well, not from, not from this year. Maybe next year. We'll do a right. time capsule of next year. Yeah, Something yeah. we want to remember and dwell on. Okay, so life is pointless. Eat Arby's. <laughs> 
All right. I, that, by the way, the the nihilist Arby's Twitter account is like legitimately my favorite Twitter account. I think you run that account. I secretly me. think it that brings you me do back. That. It brings me back to neutral. Every time I see that, I'm, I'm stressing out about something. I have anxiety about something. I'm just like, let's you know go what? to Arby's. None of the shit matters. Eat Arby's. Okay. Gut gut bowl time. Yeah. I like that we already addressed our first gut, which is gut call. The NFL plays the games. Bold call. They should take the week off. <laughs> yes. That's my first one. <laughs> but things that will actually Seriously. happen. DK, rummage in your gut and tell us something's going to happen this week that doesn't involve a few choice American states. I got one gut that I'm feeling pretty good about. Jerry Judy breakthrough game this week. All right. So according to fantasypoints.com, Scott Barrett, Judy was 10th in expected fantasy points last week. He had 10 targets. He only caught four for 73 yards. But um, I think... You know, he's been getting open. He's been running, like, solid routes. Everything that he was basically known for at Alabama, I think he's doing. But he just hasn't had that breakthrough game quite yet. I, I feel like it's coming. That's my gut. And he's getting the volume um, that would kind of, like, point to this idea that he's going to, like, finally explode. Uh, explode. The The interesting thing that I found is he's actually playing outside a little bit more now with K.J. Hamler back and them having some injuries at the wide receiver position. So he's playing all over the field, you know, getting maybe some more of those vertical routes. It felt like Drew Drew Locke. I don't think has ever really lacked confidence, but if you saw him dancing last week as, after oh my he God. threw the through the game winning touchdown, maybe he's gaining confidence, getting some mojo going. And um, of course, them playing the Falcons, I think, is a big factor here too. The Falcons have given up the fifth most points to opposing receivers this whole year. So my benchmark for this week is 15 plus half PPR points for Jerry Judy. So I guess that would mean he's probably going to catch like 80, 90 yards in a touchdown. That would probably put him over the top. First of all, this game is like an Alabama receiver reunion because you've got Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, and Jerry Judy who are right. like three of the best receiving prospects of the, like to come out in the last few years, 10 years, at least from Alabama. I love Jerry Judy. I love this pick, honestly, because I think it's amazing how many receivers as rookies have made an impact this year, and Judy's not one of them. And I would like to personally blame Drew Locke. It's definitely like quite a bit on the quarterbacking situation. I think there because he like I, I I've watched I watched a bunch of his tape a couple weeks ago, so I haven't watched closely his last few games. But he's you know he's getting open. He's he's he looks dynamic. He had a couple of really big plays where he goes up over like a defensive back and grabs it. So. I think he's been playing well. It just hasn't really showed up in the box score as much as it should. And I think that maybe this is the day that it does, just going up against that defense. Yeah, I think the problem is the Broncos' quarterbacks have sucked. But Judy's getting, I think Judy's <laughs> getting open. His footwork is unbelievable. Yeah. His, they're un, unreal. He's he quick. Like, he could like chop salad with his cleats. It's crazy. Okay. Oh, that's a good, I'm always looking for new like football, like jargon that I can use in my scouting reports. Yeah. Like he could chop salad. Is that, that's a good one. I I'm like that, use that Did you make that up? I did. I just thought of it right now. <laughs> wow. You can trademark <laughs> he could that. Chop salad with his feet. Like that Craig grape is... video with the, like the grape stomper, but like actually, <laughs> well, no, it's like all those weird scouting terms. Like what is it? Like a bowling ball of knives or whatever. And it's a like, rolling what, ball of butcher knives. What is yeah. Whoever came up with that? Like, what are you doing in your spare time? But anyway. Okay. Chop you watch tape. Yeah. Craig, got call. I basically had Jerry Judy slash Noah Fant as my <laughs> as my gut call. DK and I are once again uh, copacetic. Mind meld. <laughs> All, if so, only Drew Locke and Jerry Judy had the connection that you two do. Except DK went bolder with, with his prediction. I just said Jerry Judy would have the most receiving yards of his career, which is over 73, which isn't that crazy, but it's a gut call, right? I'll, I'll just toss in a couple of things why I like Fant. One, 
you said the Falcons have given up the fifth most points to wide receivers. They've given up the most points to tight ends this year. Mm. And one thing about the Broncos that's kind of interesting is they've been playing differently since their bye. They, not only have they gone two and one, but they're way playing way faster. So they used to be the 15th fastest team. Now they're the fourth. And they're playing Atlanta, who gets shredded. So I And Noah Fant seems to be getting healthy. He had a good game last week. I think he had around seven catches. This is a this is going to be kind of secretly maybe a watchable game. We're bullish on the, the Broncos' defense. That means we're bullish on Drew Locke. Do you think Drew Locke is startable this week as a streamer? Yeah, I think so. The Seahawks have given up. I mean, the Seahawks are the only team that's given up more passing yards through the air than Atlanta this year. Yeah, yeah. Are either of you guys good at dancing? Can you either of you judge Drew Locke's da- like grind the tape on Drew Locke's dancing? <laughs> I'm on TikTok a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, rate it. Rate Drew Locke's. Uh, he's got the good shoulder shimmy. I just think it was funny because he it was like he was all by himself. No, none of his teammates were around. It was like I feel like the referees were trying to sort out whether it was a catch or something like that. It was like there was a, a, a lull in the action, and then the cameras just panned to Drew Locke on the sideline, just like by himself, a ball. just doing a little jig. I just I respect I respect people that are very like innately confident in themselves, and I feel like Drew Locke is that guy. Uh, so maybe I mean, imagine is- if your name was Drew Locke growing up. Like Locke <laughs> is his last name. Like I feel like you better be confident if your last name's Locke. Okay. Yeah. The uh, my, my gut for this week, I, I just feel like I've seen the Steelers game and it's been played a thousand times in history and it's just like destiny's supposed to repeat. Like this just feels like a Greek myth tragedy playing out for the Cowboys over and over again. I don't want to say anything boring about the Steelers defense crushing the Cowboys. I think we can all just kind of accept that. That's less a gut call and more like a premonition we're all having when we think about this game. So I'm going to flip to the other side of the ball. And I think that I think Juju has his best game since week one. He had like two touchdowns in week one. He had like 22 points or something. His next best game is 14 and a half. So I'm saying Juju has 15 fantasy points this week. But more importantly, he's going to look good because the guy who's going to be covering him for the lot of the game is bad. And Jordan Lewis for Dallas. He's their slot cornerback. Juju has been playing a lot in the slot. I think he's going to crush Jordan Lewis. And the Cowboys defense has given up like 33 points per game so far, which is the fourth most ever through eight games in like 50 years. So this cow, this defense is awful. Jordan Lewis is the weak link of this defense. And I just think Juju's going to have a good game. I just, I think that this is going to be an absolute route. So it's not like I'm saying Roethlisberger, because I don't know if they're going to have to pass. I think James Conner is a good game. There's a lot of good ways you could go here, but if you are ambivalent about starting Juju, I am starting Juju on the teams that I have him this week. Oh, I'm up. Okay. Uh, I feel like we've gone back to this well a few times, but I'm I'm just gonna keep doing it until it pops. Marquise Brown squeaky wheel game. Wow, this, this is like the fifth you, time we've done this, dude. <laughs> at what at what point? Remember when I was like, I'm a Will Fuller addict, like I'm a cigarette smoker, just like yeah, it's my last one. I'm gonna say this every week. If Brown does not hit this week, he's going in the burn book forever. No, we have to go in the burn book because we keep doing this to people now. It's like you know the, the end of the Fanduel read. You know the Fanduel read where it's like gambling problem. We should have like Marquise Brown problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I recognize it. That's why I said it. That's why I prefaced it with, like, I recognize this. But at the end of the day, honestly, I'm starting Marquise Brown this week in my fantasy leagues because I think that, number one, his underlying metrics are still strong. He's <laughs> They're going to be strong upward. all season. The underlying he's going to ter- like- have a terrible year, and they're going to be like, well, but his, his expected points were great. He had it. I mean, he had a <laughs> touchdown last week. He, sal- he salvaged He had one it. catch for three yards. You he guys are on the West it. Coast, so you'll have no idea what I'm talking about. But on the East Coast, they have these things called pregame shows 
which is on Sunday morning when you're waiting 17 hours for football to start, you watch television because like you're an idiot. And ESPN has this running joke where Sam Ponder makes fun of the other four football analysts because every week they're like the Cowboys defense is fixable. And Sam Ponder every week is like, I've been hearing this all season. It's not fixed yet. And it's at the point where she just like stops the conversation when they say it. And that's how I feel about Marquise Brown and the freaking underlying numbers. We've been saying it since June. It hasn't happened. So you're saying because that's Marquise Brown it's tweet. Happened. It's happened sometimes. You're saying because Marquise <laughs> Brown tweeted this week that yep. get the ball to your soldiers that it's going to happen now. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying okay. the squeaky wheel. The squeaky wheel is a powerful tool. Um, squeaky wheel gets the grease, obviously. I think no, but like John Harbaugh even commented. Uh, Lamar Jackson made a comment about it this week, both saying they need to get the ball to Marquise Brown more. So you know what? I'm going with it. I'm going out on a limb here. And if he doesn't go off, we're putting him in the book, and that'll be the end of it. We're not going to talk about him ever again. You think Marquise Brown did that tweet like "get the ball to me," and the Ravens are like flagging that tweet as misinformation? what's your what's your metric 80 yards and a touchdown love it i you know what if you get it godspeed braver than me i'm 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 I'm, he's already in the burn book in my mind i think i think i'm realizing that in this conversation craig you have a gut call oh wow my my voice just cracked in the middle of that it did oh my god it does that i'm I'm cracked my whole psyche's cracking i don't know what took so long um my gut calls you should bench jonathan taylor Figure out yes. a different solution this week. Don't start him. <laughs> Will you start Jordan Wilkins, though? No. Just don't start any. But if you had those two people Colts and you players. have to make that decision, like, who would you pick? Wilkins. Man. Okay. Let's come to this. I think I agree, though. I'm saying he scores less than seven fantasy points, Jonathan Taylor. Baltimore's the number one rushing defense in DVOA. They've given up the fourth, fourth fewest fantasy points to running backs this season. They're coming off a bad loss to Pitt. Like, I think Baltimore's got to be as locked in as ever today. Taylor's got an ankle injury. I know, I think Wilkins does too. Or maybe a gro- he has another injury, but I don't know. To me, this looks like 11 carries for 24 yards for Jonathan Taylor. I, like, I'm in my own league. I'm starting, like, Brandon Cooks over Jonathan Taylor. Like, if you have anybody who you could realistically see putting up eight points, I think you start them over Taylor. The crazy yeah. thing about this is like, look, he could always get a touchdown. You never know. Right. But yeah, yeah. Barring, barring like, it's not even the the fear of like, what if he goes off? Because he just hasn't yet. And it's usually a counterbalance that, well, what if he gets three carries and actually just sits, whether it's the ankle or whatever. There's not even the counterbalance of like, what if he has a great game? The counterbalance of like, what if he has like 11 points? Right. Craig, let me ask you this. Would you start Jordan Howard or Jonathan Taylor? Holy shit. Is this what life is? Jordan Howard, for the record, has been an, a healthy scratch for the last two or three weeks. <laughs> and Jordan, the only reason they probably have not cut him yet is because they paid him a bunch of money this offseason and, and, and owe it to him. But like, otherwise, if you're a healthy scratch and you're making $5 million a year, then like that is just like, we want to fire you, but cannot. Howard's my bold prediction that he's coming back from the dead game. But Are you serious? I want the answer first, Craig. I'd probably start Howard. Fuck it. Wow. Well, you gave him the cover there, DK. You gave him the covering fire. You did. So let me just, let me briefly go through my Jordan yeah, Howard Yeah, go take. through your one, here. Yes, he's been a healthy scratch the past three games. However, Miles Gaskin is on the IR with a knee injury now. Matt Breda did not play on Wednesday with a hamstring injury. It doesn't sound like he's going to be ready to go. And even if he is ready to go, based on everything we've seen from him, he'd have two carries before he was, you know, hobbled off with something going on. So I think that opens up Howard to be the lead back against the Cardinals this week. 
They also have Patrick Laird, who I think will be more like a pass-catching type of guy than a between-the-tackles banger. I think Howard's going to get goal-line looks. So, yeah, that's that's basically why I'm going with it. It's definitely a risky call, and there might be safer options out there, but I think just in terms of usage, I think he's going to get the, the type of usage that you want to see this week. And I think he's like he's not like a bad running back. He he's been he's been a healthy scratch just because they really like what Gaskin does in the passing well, game. So. I look, I, I think that there's a great theory, not a theory. I think Josh Hermsmeyer talks about this that snaps are a skill stat. Like if you're playing, the coaches think you're good enough to be on the field. And to us, that's kind of trivial. To the coaches, it's literally everything. To players, it's everything's being on the field. When you're a healthy scratch, as in you're not on the active roster. Like you're not eligible to go onto the field. That is also a skill set. That is like a that is an indication of where they think you are at. And I, I I actually think Patrick Laird, if that's what they thought of Jordan Howard the last two weeks, I'd actually gun to my head. I have to play Patrick Laird or Jordan Howard, pick them up off waivers, put in my lineup. I'd actually put Patrick Laird in. I'm not saying you're wrong because here's the thing: we have no idea. Miles Gaskin just got <laughs> hurt. We don't know what he's been getting. All of their goal line carries. We have no clue what they're going to do. They traded for DeAndre Washington. He can't play yet. We don't know. But reading the tea leaves, I actually think Patrick Laird's the better play. Here, okay, I I think that what you said all makes sense. My counter, my counter with that would be that Laird is playing a lot of special team snaps. That's why he's been active on game days. He's played fifty three percent of their special team snaps this year, so he's a key part of their special teams units. That doesn't mean that he's not going to get carries in this game. I'm just saying that's why I think he's been active over Howard in these games. So we'll see. And, and honestly, again, it's, we're answer... trying to decipher. We're trying to decipher something that's impossible to decipher. But you know, I'm just. I'm. My gut is that Howard's going to be the guy. All right. Well, we'll see. All right. Let's not linger on this backfield anymore. Jordan Howard's rookie season, he had 1,600 yards, seven touchdowns, and ran at 5.2 yards per carry. Yeah. Just, we'll just wait till there. Patrick. Let we see what Patrick Laird does tomorrow on Sunday. Okay, so who's up? My, who's up? My bold or, or or no? You have a you have a gut. I think it's me. Uh, so DK said Marquise Brown blow up game or whatever. I I think Will Fuller revenge game. Ooh. Uh, this is not based on math or numbers. I mean, I guess they're playing the Jaguars, so I guess that's a matchup thing. It's not really about that. The Jaguars suck though, which helps. It's the trade. But thing? basically, we, yeah, Will Fuller was going to be traded to the Packers this week. It was a whole rumor. I don't know if it was even real because it was. There was so little NFL trade deadline news, like nothing, that I part of me wonders if it was just kind of baseless and just the biggest name. But the point is, Will Fuller tweeted for the first time in like a month and a half to a funny gif of like, what the hell is happening? Like, I'm like, what is going on? And I think that that's funny, but I also do think this is one of those games where Deshaun Watson will feed him. Usually it's impossible to know when a quarterback's going to like, throw to a receiver it's a real thing you hear retired quarterbacks talk about you do have to feed certain guys there's a politics to it like any office there are internal politics where the receivers are like i have a contract negotiation coming up like i need the ball i think that there will it's not less about that but more like deshaun watson's going to make a statement that he wants will fuller on this team in this game and the jaguars are not particularly well suited to cover will fuller so i think that he's going to have over 20 points but if he doesn't he will have under three Wow. So that's my range. It was over 20 or under three. So you're, it, oh, this, this is an interesting. Because if it doesn't uh, happen, I think it's format. the reverse. The reverse. It's he's checked out and he's like, screw yeah. this team. I'm a free agent. I'm not getting hurt. So it's like 20 points up or three. That, that's how I feel. Can I, can I change, can I change my Marquise Brown one to 80 <laughs> yards and a touchdown or no catches, zero catches? <laughs> I love it. 
I kind of like. Can I give you some advice right now? Do one catch. Give yourself the one catch. (laughs) One catch. Cushion. Or one catch. I mean, theoretically, he could do both. DK, what is your Jordan Howard stat? Oh, um, let's see here. I got 12 points, half PBR. Ooh, okay. Who's up? Um, I have one extra one to talk about real quick. Oh. The Jamison Crowder return game. That's my extra. This is more like a gut call. He didn't practice Thursday, but it sounds like that was precautionary, according to Connor Hughes of The Athletic. It's looking more like he's on track to play for the first time in three weeks. And I just want to remind people, if he does play, when he's been in there, even when he's been coming off of like little nagging injuries, he's been good. He ranks second, according to the fantasy points, second in expected fantasy points per game, 18.3. This is in PPR. Um, fifth in fantasy points per game and first in targets per game. And what what my buddy Scott Barrett has always hammered is like, Adam Gase doesn't do very many things well, if anything. Well, he does one thing well. I'll put it that way. He feeds... Cause division in the receiver. locker room? Oh <laughs> well, no. Okay, that, that's unrest true. among the fan base. The the one positive thing that he does, let me put it that way, is he gets his slot receiver fed. Like if you go back to uh, with Miami, like Jarvis Landry was getting like 150 targets or whatever it was. That that offense feeds the slot receiver, and that's what Jamison Crowder is going to do. So if Jamison Crowder goes back in there, I think he's startable. Is my point, um, even in that terrible Jets offense. God, I just want to take the thing. If there's one thing Adam Gase does well, I want to like take that and want to frame that. That if you could frame <laughs> words, I would frame. So there's one thing that he does well is give the Jets a scapegoat until they get the number one overall pick next year. Also, my weekly prediction is that this is the Denzel Mims week. So if there's one thing Adam Gase <laughs> does well, it is leave his wife while she was giving birth. Okay, my okay. bold. <laughs> he didn't yeah. leave her. He left the room. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, he didn't break up. Yeah, he didn't, yeah, he didn't file a divorce. That was Gaze's I mean, prediction. Still, still bad. Yeah. <laughs> that was a bold prediction. <laughs> okay, mine for this week is that Mike Gesicki has a bounce back game. He scores double-digit fantasy points. I know that doesn't sound that crazy, but he's only done that twice this year. Double-digit fantasy points. He is the tight end 17. I was in on Gesicki in the offseason. I think you guys were too. Yeah. Tight end 17. This kind of went under the radar, but not that it matters too much. But Isaiah Ford, the slot receiver for the Dolphins, was traded to the Patriots mm-hmm. last week. Mm-hmm. There, let's play a game here. Can you guys, How many Dolphins wide receivers can you guys name? <laughs> well, that's actually hard because they had Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson opt out of the season. Correct. So you have name as many as you can. Jakeem Grant. Jakeem Grant. Grant well, obviously, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Jakeem Grant. And then that's where it gets a little more. Ford, oh, who's their Ma- Malcolm? Uh, what's the, what's his last name? He's right, Malcolm Perry. Malcolm Perry, the rookie out of. Uh, I, I, I Navy. would not have gotten that. Well, he's a rookie out of Navy, and, and he was like a running back slash Wildcat quarterback. <laughs> and then they also have Bowden, who is the exact right. same deal at Kentucky. Oh yeah, they, the Raiders gave up on him right. before he played for them. <laughs> I think Craig's overall point though is like they have. There's nobody. Basically, two guys that yeah. are real like players. Usage. So, yeah, G- yeah. Gasicki <laughs> was already leading all tight ends and and slot snap rate. I think that's only going to go up now that Ford's gone. There's no wide receivers in the Dolphins for Tua to throw to. I mean, there's got to be somebody. And they're playing the Cardinals. <laughs> the Dolphins also with Tua played way faster pace than they did with Fitzpatrick. I don't know if it was just mm. too small of a sample size, but they absolutely erupted in their in their pace of play. So if, if that's true, there could be a lot of plays in this Cardinals-Dolphins game, and um, Gasicki might be the most athletic player on the Dolphins' offense now. So here's my issue with Gasicki. I was not in on Gasicki in the offseason. It was very simple. It's because the Dolphins' new offensive coordinator, Chan Gailey, pretends tight ends don't exist. But he's, I mean, but they treat him as a slot-wide receiver. Yeah. 
if they're if they are if he is like technically the slot receiver in this offense now I'm in I'm just hesitant because he I don't, I don't I'm I'm a little hesitant here. Well, that's why it's bold. I'm with here. I will agree that I was a little bit concerned about like the hype around Gasicki coming into the season. However, I do like this call a lot this week because of everything that Craig just laid out. They don't have a ton of other options in the passing game, and. I will say that Gesicki is a glorified tight end. He's not really a tight end. He's he's more of a receiver that just is called a tight end because I don't think they ask him to block very much. Um, he's not good at blocking, <laughs> so I mean <laughs> that'll do. You it. know what I mean? Like it's, it's it's not really it's not what he's there for. I, it's not the reason like like he's on the field. No, that's a good note. He's like an Evan Ingram, not a Dallas Goddard or Kittle. I'm just looking up his. I'm looking up his slot. He well, I know he leads all tight ends in slot snap rate. Yeah, so this year his snap okay, rate out of slot is 74%, which is really high. All right, Craig, I think you've convinced me. I just think he's not going to be the tight end 17 this week. Like, I think he'll be startable. It's literally number one in the NFL. <laughs> all right, well, all right, Craig, this you year. convinced me. He's not a fake tight end. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Is it bold time? Or you did your bold, DK. Did that Jordan was Howard. my bold. Kasicki was my bold. Way too much Dolphins talk right there. My God. Jordan Howard, Mike Kasicki. I know. Is this what it's come to? What do you have? It's the one. Yeah. Uh, I think my bold, my bold is I think Matt Stafford plays this week and he plays really well. Hmm. I think he's going to have a good game. Like everything's stacked against him, right? Like he's not practicing. He might not play. And Kenny Galladay is out. So like you look at this game and you're like, oh my God, hmm. like stay away from Detroit. I think he's going to play. I mean, he's quarantining. I have no idea if, you know, what the situation was, but if he kept keeps testing negative, he's going to play. And it's not like he's some rookie quarterback. Like it's bad. He's practicing, but he's still preparing for the game. And the Vikings cornerbacks are actually in worse shape than the Detroit passing offenses. Like if you watch the, uh, the Vikings last week, they had, uh, you know, Cam Dantzler had a very scary neck injury that they're saying he might be able to play this week. That seems nuts. I, I, I cannot believe they would trot him out there again. They had another cornerback, uh, Mark Fields had a punctured lung when one of the Packers receivers cleats hit his chest. That's crazy. Oh, He's out. And then they had another cornerback. Harrison Hand has a hamstring injury. Holton Hill has been out for like a month with a foot injury. I don't believe he's going to come back. So they're down their top four cornerbacks. They also went into the season down their top three cornerbacks from last year. So the Vikings, they were, I mean, they're the cold stone scraping the bottom of the thing. They're like, they're scraping down into metal. They're like scraping off the floor. Like they got nothing left there. And they also have no pass rush because Daniil Hunter's, they, they traded away Yannick Ngakwe. Daniil Hunter's on IR. So you've got a team with that can't cover on the outside, can't rush the passer. 
And if Mike Zimmer's going to try to manufacture pressure, like Matt Stafford's seen it. Like, it's not like there's some team just coming into the Vikings. Like, they play the Vikings twice a year. Like, I don't think the Vikings get any pass rush in this game. I don't think they can cover anyone. I think Marvin Jones is a good game. Matt Stafford is a good game. I think he's a perfectly fine top 10 quarterback. You know what I'm picturing Matt Stafford doing right now in this week when he's like isolating, getting ready for this game is like listening to this podcast. Like, yeah, you know, in like Kung Fu movies where guys put on like the blindfold and they're like practicing. This is like in montages. They're like practicing fighting with no with no eyes. This is like Stafford is practicing all week visualizing like on his private jet. (laughs) He can't actually go do anything. So he's just got to like get in the zone. So Heifetz, what is your number? I think he's a top 10 quarterback. If that's not bold enough, I'll go higher. I just feel like everything is trending against the Lions being good. If you want to say higher, sure. Top uh, top eight? I'll give you eight. Top eight. Because without Kenny Galladay, he's not practicing, but I think he's going to be perfectly fine. And I think the Vikings are going to play, the defense is going to be screwed. All right. Is that our bolds? Mm -hmm. All right. What an insane week. Okay. Let's just recap how we did last week. Uh, DK, we'll take us through yours. Yeah, the Le'Veon uh, Bell revenge game did not materialize. He only finished with 5.3 half PPR points. I I had guessed 13, so that was wrong. Otherwise, I felt pretty good about my my other guesses. Brandon Ayuk, top 20 receiver, that was correct. He was the wide receiver eight. He did grab a quarterback in garbage time or a touchdown in, in garbage time, but I'll take it. 19.1 it all counts. PPR points. DJ Dallas. And we have here, not sure what the bet was, but it doesn't matter. He was the RB4. He out out um you know, outproduce expectations by far. And then I also threw this one to Heifetz. Technically, I think this is Heifetz's, but I'm taking credit for it since I <laughs> threw it to you, Heifetz. Darnell Mooney, five for 85 was the uh, was the guess. And that was somewhat correct because he got five for 69 and a touchdown, 15.4 half PPR points. So Darnell Mooney hit too. So three out of four, not bad. I'll take it. Well, it is just like toss me a prediction and then like it works and you're like, actually, I want that back. If you had, if it had gone wrong, I definitely would have blamed you for it. I would not have taken credit for that. Just so you know. All right. Well, mine, we actually kind of had some overlap here because I also, I said Le'Veon Bell would have the revenge game. That didn't go well. I said Adam Gase would get fired after the game. That didn't happen. Well, that's more bad for the Jets than anything. So sorry. Uh, I also said I, you could be top 20 receiver. That was right. I said CD Lamb would not be a top 30 receiver. That was right. I don't really take pride Wide receiver in those. 50. They all make me kind of just sad, to be honest, because it's just Ayuk's not playing this week because he's in quarantine and CD Lamb just also seems like he's going to be bad again. So I don't really take pride from these. It's more like, wow, the state of the NFL is awful right now. Anyway, Craig, how'd you do on that really bright note? I did pretty average. I said Devontae Parker would not be a top 30 wide receiver. That was correct. He was the wide receiver 48. It was scary because like the first five minutes of the game, he caught a touchdown for like three yards. And I was like, uh-oh. And then he literally never did anything else. <laughs> um, speaking of catching one pass for a touchdown and doing nothing else, I had Marquise Brown, big game, DK, 80 yards and a touchdown. Oh, and guess what he did? One catch for three yards. I so, forgot that we had this literally last week, too. Right. My bad. But yeah. And then my bold was that Mims would go double digit fantasy points. He had 5.2. Led the Jets, though. <laughs> he led the team. <laughs> if you get relative. points for leading the team, then Denzel Mims is going to be great with his four catches for 40 yards every week. Hey, it's not bad. Better than Jonathan Taylor is going to be this week. We, <laughs> I, I can tell as soon as we get over the Marquise Brown thing, Denzel Mims is going to be next. And I'm already upset about it. <laughs> I love Mims. God. Well, it's just it's just a wheel. It's just we just obsess. Oh my god! It's just it's eventually we're going to be back to Fournette and David Johnson. Okay, <laughs> million dollar lineup time. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys, I got bad news. We didn't. Did win we win? Lineup. No, but we're going to do it this week. Every Friday, Fanduel DFS lineup winner gets a million dollars. 
we're we're going all the way out. We're trying to come in first at like 700,000 entries. We're trying to make a million dollars a week here. The year I turned 26 as the head of my own brokerage firm, I made $49 million, which really pissed me off because it was three shy of a million a week. So, so who burned who are we blaming us? For, yeah, who are we blaming for not winning a million bucks? We got uh, we got Johnny T, Johnny Taylor Jonathan screwed us, Taylor. and then and then Damn of it. course we tossed in Mims and Marquise Brown in our lineups. But I'm <laughs> sensing a theme here, guys. DK was not deterred. <laughs> He's you know, the brain is an association <laughs> machine. You know that? Like, it just detects patterns. I'm detecting a pattern in our failure. I'm going to be honest. I I really liked this lineup going in. <laughs> okay, well. It didn't work. What, what are we doing this week? This week, I kind of played around with it. You guys gave me the go-ahead to to roll with this one. I like it. Justin Herbert at quarterback. Uh, going up against the Raiders. He's just been on fire lately. You know, tossing touchdowns left and right. We like him. Two running backs, Derek Henry and James Conner. Both of them, I think, in these games are going to have good game scripts. I feel like I feel like the Titans are going to get off to a lead and just be able to run up down Chicago's throats. Same with uh, the Steelers at Dallas. And then at receiver, Stefan Diggs going up against the Seahawks pass uh, secondary, which has been terrible. We like Diggs' ceiling in that in that one. Keenan Allen, the stack with Herbert. Keenan Allen has just been like, you know, the most heavily targeted receiver in the NFL with Justin Herbert under, uh, under center. And then Jerry Judy going back to one of our predictions here. Um, this is the game that's going to happen for him against ATL. And then Mike Kosicki at tight end for for reasons discussed earlier. And DJ Dallas in our flex. He had to kind of go with the cheap guy at that spot because we shelled out for Henry, Diggs, Allen. Um, the situation with Seattle in terms of their running back is a little bit up in the air still. Sounds like Travis Homer is going to be back, but I see him probably playing more of the passing down role. Um, slash, he's very, I think, a big deal on like their special teams and whatnot. So I could see DJ Dallas getting the most of the load here again if Chris Carson can't go. So that's the reason I threw DJ Dallas in there. We might have to make this change like late if Carson ends up being active. But even if he is active, I don't know. Realistically, I feel like if you if you really are doing DFS this week, I, I feel like there's going to be so many last-minute changes with all this COVID stuff and injuries that this is like the biggest week where just making your lineup and knowing updates like 10 or 15 minutes before the game start is going to be more important than ever for one setting your fantasy lineups, but especially for like having DFS this week, I feel like, you know, who knows what's going to happen between now and Sunday afternoon. Oh, and then at defense, Tennessee Titans going up against the bears who don't have their offensive linemen and have already had a terrible offense. That's such galaxy brain. I'm the one. I, I I love Galaxy Brain plays. That's some Galaxy Brain stuff because the Titans are like sixty percent on third. They've down. had a terrible defense this year, so this is kind of like I don't know if a Galaxy Brain is the right word, but it's definitely like a little bit. I'm losing my mind. I, did I did we talk about this on Wednesday that the Titans are allowing a higher third down conversion rate than Ben Simmons shot from free throw line this season? Yeah, you did. <laughs> so. I don't know. I just think it's a funny game because Derrick Henry versus Khalil Mack when the Titans are on offense is like this like old school mm. mythical style of football. It's like yeah. Donkey Kong King. It's like Donkey Kong versus like Bowser. It's like Greek myths clashing. Clash of the Titans almost, Danny? Oh, oh, God, yeah, I didn't want to do that. But then the other <laughs> side of the ball in the Bears-Titans game is like the saddest offense against like the most pathetic defense. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just, I've never, I can't remember a game that was so like flip channels when like one team is the ball. Anyway, no one cares about this stuff. Fantasy court time. All rise. Oh, I didn't even know we were doing one. This is exciting. All right. Fantasy court. This one is actually kind of like a fun court thing. All right. This is from Brian. Hi, Brian. 
said that? Like, what is this? The, like the meeting for like the Marquise Brown thing? Like, hi, Brian. Did we have a question from Brian last episode too? I feel like a lot of Brian's are oh, emailing shit, in. We? I think Actually. we did. I think remember we went like, "Hi, Brian." Oh <laughs> yes, no! What if why I I did. There's a lot of people named Brian in the world. <laughs> All right. So from Brian, I've heard on your podcast you guys hold fantasy court where you try to decide situations that have happened in leagues and what's the most fair outcome as an objective third party. Yes, that is what we do. I too would like to request the same services, but for a slightly different question. My group of friends have played beer pong for decades, more or less, at this point. The most controversial decades. thing we ever saw in beer pong still divides our group 50-50 in a completely sweat-drenched, passionate divide. In college, we used to play with the rule that if two cups were remaining and the team were to clear the two cups in a single turn, the game would be over. There would be no rebuttal by the opposing team. Traditionally, this was done by one person hitting one shot and the other person hitting another shot. We also had another rule that if the cup was not full enough and was knocked over by a legitimate shot, then that cup was counted as a make and pulled away as a penalty for not filling up the cup enough. All this sets the stage for our divide. My roommate... <laughs> this, is a real, this is a real case here. All right, we're digging in. My roommate and I were playing on the table with a room full of about 20 people. We had two cups remaining and my roommate took the first shot and missed. I famously have somewhat of a line drive shot, famously, like Larry Bird. And when I took my shot at it, caught the edge of the cup perfectly and spun around the inside of the top rim twice and then came out and slipped into the other cup. I like to say it moonwalked based on how grateful it was, graceful it was. As the first cup fell to the ground and off the table, two cups, one shot. So I guess it rimmed out, knocking it out, and then rolled into the other cup. Wow. Right. <laughs> Needless to say, the room exploded. Calm down a little bit, Brian. <laughs> With people screaming at what just happened, how they had never seen anything like this, about a minute or two of hysteria ensued, and then the opposing team took the balls for redemption shots, and that's when 20 people united and in disbelief became 20 people divided on what they saw. We have no written <laughs> rules about how this takes place. Is the clearing of the two cups that take away the opportunity of redemption, or is it that both teammates took flawless shots in the same term? We had an argument in the moment talks about the sheer odds but after 15 years i default to your wisdom and to wow figure out this long-held argument first of all i i really like the the vivid imagery in this email like it's taking me to this moment i'm like reliving a lot, a lot of nostalgia involved right here so thank you for that uh i have my answer in my head what are you guys thinking about this well what dk justice dk i think the spirit of the rule is that both cups get cleared and that's a game winner to me I don't think it I don't think the rule is both guys have to hit a shot. That's like who cares? You hit you got two cuffs in the last shot. I think that's a, that's buzzard. That's game over. What do you think, Craig? I've played a lot of beer pong in my life. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I have Craig. I no, I'm not. And I have I don't know, experienced a lot of different rules. I have very specific opinions on what rules should be as do some of my friends. But <laughs> It, it, knowing these guys' rules and what it is, I agree with DK. I think the spirit of the rule is that if the rule is if two people make each cup or, or if two cups are sunk, the game's over. I mean, he made two. It's over. And also, it's an incredible shot. He deserves the win anyway. But if right. don't right. get me wrong. If I was on the other side, I would be arguing my tail off about how it, that's not correct. <laughs> Both people need to have back-to-back -back <laughs> shots because then you get balls back, and that's essentially what the rule is. But I think for the sake of this, I think it should be game over. He wins. He made two cups. That's the rule. Danny? Also, like, fill your cups up with water or beer if you don't want it to fall. Like, that's another yeah, thing. Yeah, so here, here's the thing. I, I think that it's a fat... So it, there's a legal tech... So on one hand, I obviously, it's uh, the game is over, and I can't believe they even had to argue about it. But 
Because it's like the spirit of the rule so and the letter unanimous. of the law align. Like, but here's the thing. Craig brings up an interesting point where why is the game over at that point? And the reason is that if you hit the both, it's balls back and that should end the game. So I get arguing that point. But the point, the spirit of the bounty for not filling up the cup is that what are you doing? How dare you? Like, it's like an insult to the integrity of the game to not doing it. So the fact that you would wage your legal battle here off of like trying to defend that you didn't fill a cup up, you have no standing. You have no water to stand on, no beer to stand on. You have no ground to stand on. I think this is really easy. I can't believe you've been arguing about this for this long, really. I have more of a bone to pick with the people who sent this in. How is this even? This is not hard. This this reminds me of this reminds me of a, a game winning rule that we had when I used to play back in the day is if if both of you guys make a ball into the same cup it's over like game over in other words the people on the on the at other side at any of the point thing, in the game yeah at any point you have to be paying attention no. as the person on the other side of the table you have to pull the cup if you pull the cup and drink it like that you have to be paying attention. You can't like let other people like shoot into the same cup. If you shoot one, if one guy shoots in, the next guy shoots it in and hits both in the same cup, game over. I, I mean, I do know what you're saying. We always play that you, you don't pull the cup. You you let all the cups sit there until the round of shooting has been finished. And because oh, the whole no, I, the whole purpose is, is if two guys or whoever makes the same cup, you get three cups. That's the rule. Oh, that's an interesting one. I never all right, played well, that. we can talk about house rules forever, but we settled that one kind of quickly. So I think we're, yeah, we're all in agreement that it counts. Yeah, that was, we have another Fantasy Court email here. This one's from Rudy. I write to ask for an immediate injunction about the outstanding ballots and fill it. No, we shouldn't read that one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's get out of here. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you to everyone who emailed us in. Ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Lauren. Can you imagine if Giuliani emailed us? God. I would, oh my God. I, I don't I, know. I, it'd I be so do. great if it was just about a fantasy football question. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, God, I love start Jonathan Taylor this week. Marquise <laughs> Brown. <laughs> Thank you for everyone for listening. We'll see you guys on Monday. <laughs>